Shabbat Shalom. The story of Korach's rebellion that we read in the Torah this week is one of those classical biblical moments that includes a lot of drama, Moses falling flat on his face, and of course a good old-fashioned scene featuring the earth swallowing people alive and zapping them from heaven. It's a story that walks a fine line between intense drama and the absurd, which is really where any good story lives, so it happens to be one of my favorites. The story begins with Korach, a guy who quickly begins to express his frustration with Moses. You schlepped us all the way out here to this desert, and on top of that, you keep acting like you're in charge? Who made you the boss? And Korach continues down this path, as he begins to foment a rebellion against Moses, Aaron, and the whole leadership. For the record, I am generally pretty thrilled about the idea of a rebellion. It's just in my bones. I'm kind of a rebel at heart, and if you had known me when I was 15, you would have never hired me to be your rabbi. (laughs) And I don't think I'm alone. I think it's easy, seductive even, to identify with the rebel in any story who fearlessly confronts power. Indeed, Moses had just done that with Pharaoh. The Torah's sense of justice is, however, different. And in this story, God's reaction is quick and severe. Not only Korach, but all his followers who follow him are swiftly destroyed. The story reads, The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up and all their households, all Korach's people and their possessions. The earth closed over them and they vanished. All Israel around them fled at their shrieks, for they said, the earth might swallow us. And fire went forth from the Lord and consumed 250 men. With the Torah quite clearly condemning this uprising, I think that the text prompts us to ask, what is the difference between sacred protest and something else? How do we understand rebellion in a moral and ethical framework? What can we learn from this story? In many ways, the current administration in the White House ran on a platform of being rebels. Populist slogans like, drain the swamp, make America great again, build the wall, served as a kind of protest to the status quo with so-called liberal elites being called to task in a way not so different than Moses was in this parsha. You could even say that we are right now in the midst of a great rebellion. And we rabbis try to be careful talking about the situation we find ourselves in from this bima in these walls. There's a lot of disagreement, and there are those among us who see much hope in the promise of the protesters we have found ourselves living under. And it's a value of this community that we honor many perspectives and all come together to make the diverse community that we are. And I've said many times that I want to be everyone's rabbi. Last night, I read the following in the newspaper, The Independent. Federal public defenders say that immigrant enforcement officials in the United States have repeatedly deceived immigrant parents arriving in the U.S. seeking shelter from violent conditions in their home country, 
telling those individuals that they are taking their children away for baths or other benign reasons, only to never return with them. I read that, and my heart sank, and I felt sick. And so I always want to use my rabbinate to bring people together, and me p'netikun ha'olam for the sake of creating more peace and unity. But there are also moments when we must say clearly and without hesitation, this is an affront to heaven. Ripping a nursing child from a mother's chest, a mother whose crime is seeking a better future for her and her family, is evil. As Jews, we must say no. As Jews, we must declare that this policy comes from the hearts of those who are morally bankrupt and that as Americans, we stand for something much better than this. When there are reports of children literally being kept in cages that I would not leave my dog in, it is time to declare to Korach, your protest has gone too far. And while I wish for nobody to be swallowed up by the earth or burned in heavenly fires, we all need to raise our voices with earth-shaking and bright-as-fire demands for morality and justice. If your Jewish heart sinks at the image of children being led away to so-called baths because the story of heartbreaking deception hits just a little too close to home, then I invite you to listen to that still small voice inside of you and recognize it as the voice of Torah, the voice from the heavens calling to all of us, do something. Our Torah loves children. When Sarah is told that she will finally become a mother, she laughs with what I see as joy and delight at the surprise her son will bring to her life. Jacob's daughter and 12 sons symbolize the hope for the future of our people and the beginning of the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. Do you remember that promise? In Genesis 15, God tenderly says to Abraham, Look toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to count them, so shall your children be. Twinkling little stars, each child, a precious glittering gem from God's heavens, beautiful and mysterious, each child, a star that might create whole new worlds, whole new futures, precious, perfect, beautiful beyond measure, shining lights that illuminate the darkness. In the midst of Korach's rebellion, he says something telling. It is not enough that you have brought us from a land flowing with milk and honey to have us die in this wilderness. In this one line, we learn a lot. Korach calls Egypt a land of milk and honey. He wishes for a return to Egypt rather than to continue the walk down the path of the unknown into the wilderness towards a promised land that he's just not sure exists. In Torah, milk and honey means nourishment and sweetness, what every parent wants for their child. 
We use this metaphor not only to describe the land of Israel, but also as a kind of future way for the world. Milk and honey were the dreams of ancient Jewish ancestors who found themselves enslaved, who found themselves in the midst of terrible suffering, degradation, humiliation. A land flowing with milk and honey was the dream of a people being dehumanized, who refused to lose their humanity. Those who support and carry out a policy of family separation as a sick kind of deterrent have lost hope in the promise of a brighter future and invite waters of sour bitterness to flow in the rivers and on the rocks and besides the trees that Maya Angelou rooted our American story in when she wrote that gorgeous poem that held out a vision for our country on the pulse of the morning. They who invite these bitter waters are trying to bring us back to Mitzrayim, back to the narrow place, back to the Egypt of suffering and misery. They are bringing us to a narrow place in which it is somehow morally acceptable to remove a terrified child from the arms of loving parents, parents who no doubt set out on an unknown and dangerous journey through wilderness in the hope that someone with an open heart might help them find a place of promise for their family. With the hope that gates of prosperity and liberation might open so that a past of blood and violence might be left behind. We need to remember that our Torah teaches a different story. Each shiny, sparkling, perfect little star deserves a life nourished with the milk of justice and sweetened with the honey of radical love. That is the religious way. Anything else is a chilul Hashem, a desecration of God's name. And speaking of names, remember that each little twinkling star has a name and a story and a heart. They are each a whole universe of possibility. As these Korachs, these bitter rebels, continue to wage their rebellion of fear and hopelessness, I pray that the Holy One who lit up the faces of ancestors with fire and trembled hearts with an all-powerful earth, I ask that she open up the hearts of those who do evil, that they may find within themselves their own divine spark, their own little star, and that they once again might be filled with the promise of a future flowing, overflowing, with the milk of justice and the honey of love. Shabbat shalom.